Welcome everybody to Run Jump Stomp, your thoughts on gaming. If you want to be part of the conversation, it is incredibly easy to do so. Just grab your smartphone and download the Anchor app. Once you're there, search for Run Jump Stomp, hit the star, hit that voice message button, send me a message, and I will play it on the show. With that being said, let's start off with our very first caller of the day. Before we get to the first uh, call, I want to take a moment and ask you all for a huge favor. We're coming up on the end of 2018, and with 2019 on the horizon, I'm curious, what are your favorite games of 2018? I want to know why you love those games, what you loved about them, why you think that they're better than Game X. Uh, Let me know what your favorite games are of 2018, and we'll talk about it right here on Run Jump Stomp. Hi, Bill. It's Lego Law. I am just curious. I'm very excited about Smash coming out. Who will you play with first? Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, Samus, Yoshi, Kirby, Fox, or Pikachu? Thanks. Thanks so much for calling in, Lego Law. I really appreciate it. This is a really good question, and it's something I hadn't really thought of. Like, I knew that I was going to play a lot of Pac-Man. I knew that I was going to play a lot of Duck Hunt Dog. I knew I was going to check out some of the new fighters. But I had kind of forgotten that we don't start with the full roster. We have to unlock that stuff as we go through the game. So, wonder like, I had not thought about who I'm going to start with to try and unlock everybody. And I think that ah, this is a really good question. So, there's a couple of ways that I could look at it. I could look at it in one way, where... I'm pretty familiar with Mario. I I certainly wouldn't say that I'm good at the game with anybody because I haven't played in ages. Uh, But of all of the characters that we get at the beginning, Mario is the one that I probably use the most. So there's kind of a comfort pick there, and I'd be able to get to my favorite characters much sooner if I were to play as him because I would do better. That being said, a new game, playing as somebody who I'm uncomfortable with might broaden the appeal, might give me a little more reason to keep at it, and also might give me a little more depth when playing competitively. Not really competitively, but, you know, with friends. So, I'm kind of maybe leaning towards Link. Uh, especially because this link is different than the links that we've had before. His his bombs now detonate uh, when you decide, I believe. Like, he's got a different moveset. I, I really like that he's got a different moveset. In fact, if it's Breath of the Wild link that we're basing this off, then he doesn't have the hook shot? I could be wrong. I may have to look this up. Um, anybody who is listening, obviously, use the Anchor app and let me know. But if he doesn't have the hook shot, that means he must play really different than the other links that we've played in the past. And I like that idea. I like the idea of playing this game, this new Smash game, Smash Ultimate, being completely fresh. I know that there's a lot of people who have broken out their Wii U's or 3DS's or Wii's or GameCube's, and they've been playing a lot of Smash lately to get ready for Smash Ultimate. But that's not what I've been doing. I've been just sitting here patiently waiting for Friday, which seems like it's taking forever to get here. I really can't wait for it. Um, 
and I'm excited. What characters are you guys going to start with? Anybody who's listening to this, please feel free to call in and let me know uh, what character are you going to be starting with when you play Smash Ultimate for the first time on Friday and why? Why are you going to play as that character? For me, it's a toss-up between Mario, the comfort pick, and Link, something brand new. Let me know. Hey, Bill. I'd like to hear your take on randomizers. I've seen these pop up more and more on Twitch. They seem to be getting more popular. It's usually when uh, people take old games, usually Zelda games, Mario games, and they randomize the location of the items. So it makes for... You kind of have to think on your feet as you're playing and reroute uh, where you're going on the fly. Um, I am very interested in these. However, I'm not interested in trying to download emulators and ROMs on my computer, downloading wrong files and messing up my computer and everything. So I'm wondering if you think that uh, this is something Nintendo would ever actually like make an official release of, maybe to make it easier for people. I don't know if the market's a little too niche since it's really just like the hardcore people that are, you know, really into those games. Um, let me know what you think. Thanks. I had never actually heard of randomizers before. This seems like a really cool idea, but I don't think Nintendo would ever take place in that. I feel like Nintendo looks at their games and they say, well, we made them this way and this is the way that they're going to stay. I don't think Nintendo really likes randomness in their games. I feel like Nintendo is the kind of company who always wants everything to be very specifically handcrafted. And I can see where they're coming from there, but I also see the benefit of randomizing a game. If you're if you're playing the same like like let's use Zelda as an example. If Zelda is your favorite game, of all time and you just want to keep playing that that game over and over and over again but you want it to be different each time i can i can definitely see how randomizers would make that a really fun thing to do like maybe hide the white sword behind a bush somewhere that you have to burn down with the blue candle or or yeah with the candle i think that that would be really neat it would it would make that game completely fresh for somebody who's played it a million times. And I know that there's people out there who play those same games over and over and over again just because they love the gameplay. And being able to have the gameplay that you love while also having a new experience is a fantastic idea. But I I don't think Nintendo would ever do it. I think Nintendo is the kind of company that wants to have a handcrafted experience. Every single time that you play Zelda, you're playing exactly the experience that they had planned for you. And I'm talking about the original Zelda. And Nintendo going back and randomizing it seems like a lot of work for what is essentially a very, very niche audience. Like, there's not going to be a lot of people who want to go back and replay Zelda with things in a different spot. Although, to be fair, I believe that they do have, like, the Master Quest. After you beat Zelda the first time, you can go in and play the Master Quest, which 
embarrassingly, I've never done. Uh, but you can go back in and play the Master Quest where things are in a different order. I think the dungeon layouts are slightly different, but even that's not randomized. It's just, it's just made new again. So this idea of randomizers, I, I know that you said you want to keep your computer safe. I don't see any way for you to actually participate in that kind of gameplay without taking that risk, unfortunately. I think the only other way for you to do it is to find somebody who is playing those randomizers, probably streaming them on Twitch or something, and just straight up asking them, hey, you know, I want to do these randomizers, but I fear going to uh, the shadier side of the internet to find this stuff. Is there any way that you can send it to me? I think a lot of streamers would probably be, yeah, I'll help you out. But then again, you're also asking them to distribute something that they don't, quote-unquote, own the rights to distribute. So does that, like, are you asking them to do something illegal? I mean, there, it's, it's a very, very weird gray area around this idea of randomizers because I, I don't know much about this. And, and if you do, feel free to, to call in and let me know. But... Are you downloading the ROM or is the randomizer an extra file that changes the ROM when you play it? Like, is it a different ROM than I would get if I were to put my Zelda cartridge into a uh, ripper and pull the data off of that chip and onto my computer? Is it a different ROM or is it just a file that modifies that ROM? Anyway, it's a really interesting question. I don't think I have a good solution for you, but thank you very much for uh, writing in. Hey, Bill. Lloyd here with a quick question for you. I've been uh, loving the hell out of Fallout 76. Uh, surprisingly enough, a game that everybody seems to hate. Um, some of the best multiplayer that I've done in the last little while has been uh, that game. Surprisingly enough, a uh, huge amount of content, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, with all the bad press that this game has been getting uh, between the collector's edition bag, uh, the game finishing or coming out unfinished, um, all the bugs, et cetera, et cetera. What can Bethesda do to... Um, gain back the public's trust and get more people to play this game. Um, there, there isn't a, a post that goes by on Reddit that isn't someone asking how they can get a refund for Fallout 76. What do you think its future is? Do you think this is a game that can stick around? Or, or do you think it's pretty much uh, dead in the water because of all the, um, the misses uh, that basically happened to this game at launch? Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, we'll talk to you later. You know, there's a few games. There's a few games out there who have had really poor launches and been able to turn it around and turn their game into a very successful game. Usually these are games that are focused on mostly online gameplay. Before I give those examples, let's take a second and look at how other companies have taken a really bad launch and not recovered. Specifically, I'm talking about EA, and I'm talking about Star Wars Battlefront 2. Now, like you, I am the outlier when it comes to uh, their perspective game. You with Fallout 76, me with Star Wars Battlefront 2. I love Star Wars Battlefront 2. 
I think that is a fantastic game. I don't know that I've ever played a video game that has felt like Star Wars like this game does. This game feels like Star Wars. And I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. I love Star Wars. So to have a game that feels this much like Star Wars is just an absolute achievement. But at the same time, the bad will that this game garnered when EA uh, talked about their loot boxes and the microtransactions and all of the things that ticked people off when Star Wars Battlefront 2 was first launching, that made that game have an absolute disaster of a launch. And it never really recovered, even though EA listened to the public and said, hey, we're going to change things. We're going to get rid of the pay-to-win stuff. All of the co- or all of the loot boxes and microtransactions will be around cosmetic things that don't affect the gameplay. But gamers didn't forget. The consumers looked at that game and they said, no thanks. I gave it another shot. I gave it a shot. And I'm really happy that I did because I had an absolute blast playing through the admittedly very short single-player campaign. And I even had some fun on the multiplayer campaign. And they're still supporting that game today. Now, that is... If you go to the store and try and pick up this game, you're going to find it dirt cheap. It is incredibly cheap. A friend of mine just picked it up for, I think, $10. The game is not that old. This is a triple-A Star Wars game that had, I don't even know how much money spent on it, but it never recovered from the bad PR of the beginning. And now now that I've examined something where they couldn't recover, although seriously, if you haven't picked up Star Wars Battlefront 2 for the PS4, I picked it up for PS4, uh, pick it up because it's fantastic. It's so fun. Um... Now that I've taken a look at something that was unable to recover, let's talk about something that was able to recover. There's actually two really good examples of what a company can do to make a game recover. And both of those games were MMOs. Final Fantasy XIV. That game is insane. Like when it launched, it was insane how bad it was. I, at the time of launch, I had a high-end computer. I had a very high-end computer. I had, I think I had just bought a computer when that game launched. And that computer could not run that game. They had uh, flower pots. I think it was flower pots, which is a weird thing to say. They had flower pots with just as many polygons as a character. And then they would put those flower pots all over a map. So if you tried to look around, like you just couldn't handle it. This is a game that was designed by people who don't understand how MMOs work. And they did a real bad job. Now, what did Square Enix do to write that? Well, they got rid of everybody who was uh, working on it. They replaced them. Uh, Yoshi P kind of took over and... He rebuilt the game. He he and his team rebuilt the game while supporting 
the game for the players who liked it. And they rebuilt everything from the ground up and re-released it as Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn. So basically, it was another game. It was another game. The people who bought the original got the new one for free. But there was very little left of the original Final Fantasy XIV game in A Realm Reborn. And I think that's the that's the way that you do it is you relaunch your game as a new game. I think that um, Marvel Heroes, which is a Diablo-style game featuring Marvel characters, that had not such a great start. And what they did is they they re-released the game as, and and I'm going to get the years wrong here because I can't remember off the top of my head, but they re-released the game as... Marvel Heroes 2015, and then the next year they would re- they would release the game as Marvel Heroes 2016 with a bunch of new content. So that's one way that a company can can go about taking a failed launch and trying to right the ship. And both of those are MMO exceptions, or not exceptions, but MMO examples. Another MMO example is from Bethesda. Most people would probably agree with me that the original launch of Elder Scrolls Online was not the smoothest experience. A lot of people did not enjoy that game uh, when it first launched. A lot of people said that that game was shipped unfinished. And ZeniMax, it's not really Bethesda, it's ZeniMax, uh, but they're owned by Bethesda. ZeniMax uh, Studios, they continually iterated on that over a, a, a long period of time to where it is now, and and now it's one of the most popular MMOs out there. Now, there are some who would classify Fallout 76 as an MMO. I haven't personally played it, so I don't really know. I'm not sure if that would classify as an MMO. You know, the limitation of the, the small number of players that are in the world with you make it seem like maybe it's not an MMO, but, like, the same tropes are there. So maybe it is. I mean, you guys will have to tell me if it classifies as an MMO to you or not. Because it's very different. It's really its own thing. But I've kind of gone off the wheels here and gotten distracted by shiny things. So let's let's get back on the track and see if we can follow this uh, to the station. Do I think that Bethesda can write the ship? It really depends on how they handle it. I'm not sure what they can do to fix it, but they have a couple of options, and they can look at past precedent. They can continue to iterate on Fallout 76 like ZeniMax did with um, uh, with Elder Scrolls Online. They can relaunch the game as they did, or as um, Square Enix did, and uh, whoever was in charge of Marvel Heroes, I can't remember, Um like they relaunched their game in order to get those old review scores out of people's sight. And that's basically what they did is they got rid of the old review scores by making it a relaunch. But at the same time, if you look at the model that I said totally worked for Elder Scrolls Online, where they just iterate on it over and over, that worked really well for Elder Scrolls. Star Wars Battlefront 2 has been doing exactly that same thing. EA has been iterating on it. I mean, albeit very, very slowly, but they've been iterating on it and giving new content and unlocking new things. 
they haven't really timed things very well, but it's not, it doesn't seem to be working for Star Wars, where it worked really well for, um, for Zenimax with Elder Scrolls Online. And I wonder if that's the type of game that it is. Because if it's because it's not an MMO, then Fallout 76 might have a chance to be able to write itself because of its MMO-like gameplay, if that makes sense. Anyway, thanks for, thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Run, Jump, Stomp. Big thank you to everybody who sent in a question, a comment, or an idea. If you want to uh, be part of the show, all you have to do is use the Anchor app, send your idea. It doesn't have to be a question. It can be about old games. It can be about new games. It can be about anything in the gaming industry. Tell me what you're excited about. Ask me questions, what you want to know about. Let's talk about video games here on Run Jump Stomp. Thank you again. Use that Anchor app and be part of the show. I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.